Hi, and welcome back to Bird is the Word podcast. I am back with another story. Um, thank you guys so much for all the love and support on all of my episodes. Um, I really appreciate it, and I really didn't think that anybody would want to listen to me, and I really didn't think that it was going to be anything more than me just talking on my phone, and so I really appreciate it, and I'm so happy that people are enjoying these stories, and I really hope that you guys are getting the messages and, you know, just feeling a little bit closer to God, you know, just by understanding stories in the Bible, like it's so important. So thank you so much for all of that. And um, I know that you guys really enjoyed the episode with my sister. I got a lot of good feedback on that. So thank you all for that. I'm glad. I knew you guys would enjoy it. I mean, who doesn't enjoy Issa? She's so funny. Um, I think she was a little shy. Uh, Definitely on the next episode, I will make sure to get her to talk a little bit more. She was just a little bit nervous. So I will you know, tweak that up for you guys. I did take a, a little poll on Instagram and 100% voted to have more episodes with Isa. So that is coming. I promise we will do more and she will talk more. So yeah, happy Thursday to everybody. Um, By the time you hear this, it'll be Friday. So happy Friday. Um, I hope you guys had a great week. I hope everybody's feeling blessed and pumped for the weekend. If you're new here, welcome. We are so happy to have you here, part of our family. And um, I hope that whatever brought you here, um, I hope that you know that God is trying to talk to you. And I hope that you use this time as like, you know, a meditative time to talk to him and get some kind of message. Even if we are playing and laughing and having a good time, you know what I mean? We can still meditate and have fun, right? (laughs) So yes, um, make sure that you follow Bird is a Word podcast on Instagram for all the updates, all the videos, all the stories. I feel like I've been posting on Bird is a Word podcast Instagram more than my personal Instagram. And you know what? I'm really not mad about that. So yeah, make sure to give it a follow. You know, I made a Facebook page for Bird is a Word podcast, but it got creepy. Like there was a lot of creepy people on there and they were like leaving really mean comments. Um... And it was just really creepy people. So I just kind of like said, I'm going to stick to Instagram because like on Instagram, you can like disable comments. But I mean, I haven't had that issue on Instagram yet. Everybody seems to be, you know, my people, my community. So I'm not, you know, we're sticking to Instagram. Facebook's weird. Um, And yeah, give us a follow. Give us. Who's us? Me and Chevy pacing around back here. (laughs) Give me a follow um, for all the updates. So yeah. Let's get into today's story. I was really indecisive on what story I wanted to talk about today. I was debating between two, and they're both really good, um, and I have really good notes on both of them, and I will get to the other one tomorrow. I just, um, I really felt compelled to talk about the story we're going to talk about today just because it really, I learned something, and um, I feel like I'm always learning things reading these stories, but this particular something really stood out to me, and um, it just made a lot of things make sense to me that never made sense before. So today we're going to be talking about Hannah. Let's get into it. Um, Hannah was the wife of a common man. His name was Elkanah, and I say common man because you know, they weren't, Elkanah wasn't of like high stature, like, you know, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and these very like, you know, powerful men in the Bible. They was just middle-class people like you and I, you know, chilling, making ends meet, doing what they got to do. Um, and Elkanah had two wives. He had Hannah and Peninnah. And, um, 
don't forget, that was a very common thing in the Bible. We've talked about it already before. A very common thing in the Old Testament in those days to have two wives. You know, Old Testament, different times. We're moving on. <laughs> Let me just say I do love the name Hannah. And I didn't know it was in the Bible. So we love that for her, right? So Elkanah had two wives, um, Hannah and Peninnah. And Peninnah was able to have kids. She bore him many children. Um, and in this story, you know, we see again the struggle of infertility. And if you haven't noticed, in a lot of the women that we've talked about in the Bible so far, this is a common factor. This is a common problem um, in uh, these women's story. And um, I think I'm, I'm hoping that at this point you understand the significance of, you know, having a child in these days and, you know, just exactly how important it was to the women in the Bible. It was, I hate to say it, but it was kind of like their only purpose, you know, different times, please <laughs> don't cancel me for that. We're talking about the Bible. It was, it was in a way the purpose of a woman. So imagine, you know, infertility, being infertile, not being able to serve your purpose. You know, it's a struggle. And that's why all of these stories of these women in the Bible revolve around that because again, it was their purpose. And I'm not going to lie. It still is our purpose. Again, we're independent now. Things have changed. We're bosses, whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, we can do something these men can't do. Let it, do not forget how powerful you are as a woman. Anyways, I'm always catering to the women on this podcast. Have you noticed that? <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, Elkanah favored Hannah over Peninnah. And we saw this in the story of Leah when I talked to you guys about how Jacob loved Rachel um, from the moment he saw her and he kind of got tricked into marrying Leah. If you haven't heard that episode, it's I think my second episode about Leah. Um, feel free to go take a listen to that. But this is kind of the same situation, you know, Elkanah favors Hannah and Penan is just kind of there, you know, two wives. You got to have a favorite, right? I guess, whatever. Do not quote me on that. <laughs> The Bible even says that during sacrifice, um, Elkanah would give, you know, he'd feed his family, give everybody their, you know, portions, but he would give Hannah double portions of food because he loved her and because the Lord had closed her womb. That's the ex exact wording from the story in the Bible. Um, and I would imagine that, you know, Hannah felt unfulfilled as a woman, you know, and it, this displays you know, Elkanah's love for her, you know, he probably had some kind of empathy towards her and, you know, knew that she was hurting. Um, and then we get to this very hard part of Hannah's life where Elkanah's other wife, Peninnah, is taunting Hannah because she cannot have babies. She would taunt her so badly. The Bible says that Hannah would stop eating and would just be weeping and crying. So here I am thinking about Hannah's situation. You know, she's sharing a husband. She's longing for a kid. And now she's being taunted by the other wife. Oh my God, wait a minute. Hannah, back it up. This is horrible. Now I am painted a picture of a very sad, a very depressed woman I mean, carrying such a burden as it is and then, you know, being taunted for it. I mean, Panana's literally just adding to the burden that already exists in Hannah's life. Um, so I just, this, you know, hearing this gives us the sense that, you know, Hannah was really struggling. 
you know, Hannah was going through it. And, you know, Hannah was a human being. And this is where I feel like we can relate because we've all been there before. You know, we've all, we all have our struggles. We've all been really sad, really depressed, you know, in a dark place. And I'm just picturing Hannah in this really dark place of suffering. Um, but Elkanah saw that Hannah was suffering and he asked Hannah, he's like, girl, why you ain't eating or why you crying all day? You know what I mean? Cause in the Bible, it literally says that Hannah's just crying all day. Doesn't want to eat. She's very depressed. This sounds like modern day depression. Am I right? You're not eating, you know, you're crying, probably not sleeping or oversleeping. Who knows? You know? Um, so he's like, you know, what's going on? And, um, when Elkanah asks Hannah this, you know, he's asking her, why aren't you eating? Why are you crying? It seems to me like to him, and the Bible doesn't say this. I am just, you know, picking this up. It seems to me like their marriage was more than just, you know, creating a family and providing an heir for Elkanah. It seemed like Elkanah felt this deep love, that this deep love he had for Hannah should be enough for her. You know, because he did adore her so much and favored her and showed it, you know, that he was genuinely asking, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, what's wrong with you? And it makes me wonder, did he know what Penina was doing? Because she probably could have got spanked. Just kidding. <laughs> no, she couldn't have. But I would imagine that if he loved Hannah so much and he knew what Penina was doing, he would have handled it. Am I right? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But I wonder. The Bible doesn't say if he knew. He probably didn't. Women are sneaky. Whatever, right? Um, so she ends up, Hannah ends up, you know, going to the tabernacle and um praying. And we see this a lot in Hannah's story. She's constantly talking to God and pleading, you know, for a child and asking God to fulfill her with his child. Um and in this moment, we see her make a promise to the Lord that if the Lord gave her a son that she would give him up to the Lord, you know? And so this is a moment of Hannah making a covenant with God. And I have known about making covenants with God since I was a child. You know, we learned about that in Sunday school about, you know, making promises to God, giving him something in return. And I'm not going to lie to you. I never understood that because I just feel like, why? You know, I always wonder, well, why do I have to give God something? God has everything. Does God need anything for me? But reading this story... Making an offering to God is very much about God. Um, and it's also about us. You know, God doesn't need anything from us. Um, but us making an offering to God is about, like, making sure, just like in any of our other relationships, that we are not simply just taking from God, but also giving in return. And... That makes, you know, that's what I got from this is like, Hannah was like, look, I don't want to just take this from you. I, I want to give you something too. It was her way of being so righteous and just being such a powerful, strong woman and saying like, you know, it shows how much she loved the Lord, regardless of her situation. And to me, you know, giving something up to God is our way of showing that we love him, you know, and I never understood that as a child. Maybe I was too young, but that's what I drew from this is like her covenant was her way of saying like, you know, I don't want to just take from you. I want to give to you too, because this is how bad I want this thing. And you know, this is how much I love you. And I know that if you give me this, you deserve something from me in return. I love that. I love it. It's beautiful. And so, 
you know, while Hannah is praying at the tabernacle, you know, she's kind of praying in her heart. And this is very common in our days. We, you know, a lot of us at church, we all pray like in silence, you know, we're praying in our minds and, you know, talking to God on our own. But I would imagine in the Bible, it wasn't a very common thing to not pray out loud because the priest, his name is Eli, the priest, he comes in and he sees Hannah crying and he sees her lips moving, but no words are coming out. And he's like thinking she's drunk. And so he confronts her. I'm like, you think she's drunk? That's, I don't know about that, but whatever, you know? And that's what tells me like, okay, it probably wasn't common back then for them, you know, for you to not pray out loud. So he asks her like, hey girl, when are you going to stop drinking? Like, let's sober up. Let's not be drunk at the tabernacle, right? (laughs) The priest is like, ma'am, not here, (laughs) you know? And I'm like, that's literally what I got from this. I'm like, he's shutting it down. You cannot be drunk at church, (laughs) ma'am. Oh my God. So the, you know, he asks her and Hannah corrects him. She's like, baby, no, let me tell you what's going on. Um, you know, so she tells the priest, she's like, I'm, I'm currently mourning. I am weeping. I'm pleading with the Lord, you know, asking him to answer this prayer. It doesn't say that she specified what her prayer was to Eli, the priest. Um, but once the priest realized that she was sober and nothing, you know, malicious is going on, he told her, may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. And after this moment, the Bible says that Hannah leaves on her way and her face is immediately shifted in an upward position, meaning she's no longer droopy and sad. She kind of felt a sense of relief and she finally eats something. So, you know, the priest's words of encouragement did wonders for her. And a woman this isolated and lonely and depressed, you know, I'm pretty sure words of encouragement were like unheard of in her world. So the impact that this had on her was very big. It was very good. It was very positive. And it was kind of like the Lord's way of reassuring her. Like, I got you, girl. Like, it's going to be okay. Get up, get up off the ground. Stop crying. Like, I'm going to take care of you. Because those words of encouragement changed her. Um, And it also is a good testimony for me to, you know, understand that, like, you never know what somebody's going through. And, you know, trying to be as positive as possible and encouraging to others as possible is easier said than done, but it's a beautiful thing. And you can literally change someone's entire day just by saying kind words. And I have not always been this way. Don't get it twisted. Again, I've said this before. If you knew me 10 years ago, five years ago, you would know what I'm doing right now is not who I used to be. So, you know, I try to be as encouraging and as empowering as possible to my peers and people around me because, again, you know, you never know. This might be your Hannah that you lift up off the ground just by saying, wow, you look really pretty today. Um, And so eventually, you know, Hannah becomes pregnant and she gives birth to a baby boy named Samuel. And Samuel means God had heard. And Samuel ends up being very monumental in the Bible. He ends up like anointing King David to lead his people. I mean, Samuel is a really big person in the Bible and we will get to him. Um, And aside from that, Hannah ends up having three sons and two daughters go off, sis. She went off. God did the thing for her and we love to see it. Um, But what stood out to me about Hannah's story, because again, we have that, you know, basis of infertility and, you know, God coming through for you and fulfilling Hannah was different because we talked about Sarah 
and how, you know, Sarah was a little bossy, um, you know, took matters into her own hands like all of us. Hannah was, was patient and Hannah was desperately crying out to God and her priority was seeking the Lord. She didn't try to take matters into her own hands. She didn't try to control the situation. She didn't get angry with God. She was not a malicious woman. She just pleaded with him and, you know, presented herself to him and offered him a covenant. And it's like, that is what we need to do. That is, we need to be better about, you know, when we need something and we want something to happen and it seems impossible, asking God and praying and literally just surrounding our entire lives in prayer and in getting closer to God because he will answer. He will. Maybe not on our time, and it probably wasn't on Hannah's timing, but it happened for her. And, you know, aside from that, Hannah was also very different because she was being tormented. She was being taunted, you know, by another wife that she was sharing her husband with. I mean, times were hard for Hannah. But, you know, much like the other women in the Bible, you know, she was very sad. She was very depressed. She was very alone. But it didn't stop her from going to that tabernacle and crying her eyes out and spending time with the Lord. I would imagine she found some solace in talking to him. You know, she was going to the tabernacle. She was crying. She was pleading with him. You know, it was probably a moment of her feeling close to him, her not feeling so alone, her not feeling worthless or isolated. And it's beautiful. It, I think it's beautiful that she made a covenant. And, you know, her story helped me understand the concept of a covenant with the Lord in the Bible. And I kind of want to, you know, start doing these things for God too, because why do I want to just take from him? What am I going to give him in return? You know, me telling these Bible stories to you would be a good example of me. You know, look, God, you've done all these wonderful things for me. I promise I'm going to keep talking on my podcast and telling people the stories in your manual to life for us. And, you know, Maybe I could sing because some of you may not know it, but I, I used to sing. I'm a very good singer. Maybe I'll start singing for him again. You know, there are different things that we could do that, you know, they don't have to cost us a million bucks, but simple things that we can do to honor him that would be, you know, pleasing. Not just for him, but for us. It'd make us feel good. And, you know, just to not take from God and to give, you know, in return. Because he's merciful and he's so good to us. And he's been so good to me in my life and continues to show himself all the time in my life. Um, just as he did in Hannah's. And I think that that's the message that I took from this story is, you know, the covenants with God, they are important and they're meaningful in many different ways. It's not just about giving and receiving. It's not just about that. It's about the fact that, you know, why should I be doing all the taking? You know what I mean? And that stands out to me a lot, you know, and then Hannah's personality, Hannah's perseverance, her faith, it's admirable. It's just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see in the Bible, all these women in the Bible that I've talked about so far. I mean, their situations were almost tragic. They were, they were sad. They seemed hopeless, but women, these women in the Bible were so faithful you know, some of them, I'm going to say no names, Sarah, just kidding. We love Sarah too, but you know, I'm just, you know, they went through a lot and, you know, for Hannah to stay as strong as she did. And, you know, she created a beautiful son that is so important in the Bible. You know, it's just a good testimony that God 
he comes through. We just have to have faith and we have to stay strong and we have to handle our heartaches and our troubles with grace and we have to remain faithful and patient with him just like Hannah was. Um, so yeah, a beautiful story. We love Hannah, right? Um, I, I just felt that the whole thing about the covenant really stood out to me and I really wanted to talk about it today. So I hope that you enjoyed that story. I hope you guys have a great Friday. Um, I have another episode for you tomorrow that I think you will enjoy. We're going to be talking about Joshua. So stay tuned and I hope that you have a blessed day. Bye.